But brothers, it is so good to see you. Uh, it's so good to be together tonight. Um, again, if you're visiting, thank you for coming and worshiping with us. Um, <clears throat> now, if you are a sister, you are in the wrong place. Uh, you can go into the chat uh, and, and click on the link for the uh, sister service. Uh, I promise you, it's going to be exciting and you, you don't want to miss that. Uh, you know, this Sunday is daylight savings. You know, we get to fall back. Therefore, we get that extra hour of rest. Uh, and, and as Phil said, service will be live via Zoom. This is the first time that we're doing it this way. It's not a pre-recorded message. Uh, and, and that is, again, it's going to be super exciting. But, you know, we're almost entering the, or I should say, we're entering the holiday season with Thanksgiving about three weeks away and Christmas about seven to eight weeks away. You know, there's a lot of things that we can be focused on right now. You know, the pandemic is still surging and, and, and things are happening. The election is going on. You got social injustice issues. You got health concerns. You got lack of resources. You got lack of support. You got financial challenges. And there's spiritual challenges. But the fact is, you can name it. There are all types of circumstances that we're facing right now. And all of these are important. And all of these deserve our attention. But I want to ask you for tonight, for the next 20 to 25 minutes, to just set your mind on focusing on our awesome God. That we're going to shut out all of the other stuff and we're going to hone in and focus on God. Because, you know, David said it best in Psalm 16, 8. He says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. He had a relationship with God that helped him maintain focus, that helped him continue to grow, that helped him face whatever obstacle and challenge that came his way. And he remained steady because he kept God in front and he kept trying to see things from God's perspective. And tonight I pray that we all can focus on our Heavenly Father, that we can be moved by his word and that it would cause in us to think, to, 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 to assess, but ultimately that we take steps towards being more like him personally and collectively. And my prayer is that we'd all be more like him in heart, in attitude, as well as in actions. So at this time, let's uh, pray. And then I'm going to share my screen here. Um, and then we'll continue. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this time. And Lord, we are just so blessed to be able to come together and pray to you and to hear your word. Father, I do want to also pray and, and, and lift up uh, Dave Isaac's mom, who will be having surgery soon uh, to, to um, you know, fight the, the cancer. I pray that you would help it to be a successful surgery. I pray that you would help uh, give her peace, give Dave and his family peace, but that she would have a, a successful surgery. God, I also want to just ask again that you 
open the eyes of our hearts that we can see you. And I pray that tonight that this lesson will help us become more and more like you. We love you. We thank you. And we pray all this in your son Jesus name. Amen. All right. Can you guys see this? Give me the thumbs up if you got, if you can see that. Amen. All right. So brothers, you know, it's, uh, it, it's encouraging um, as we um, continue, you know, in this year. And, and, and as I said tonight, uh, I'm, I want to talk about God's mercy. You know, lately I've been studying God's grace, God's mercy, and God's forgiveness. And the thing that's so interesting is that they're all different. And it displays a characteristic of God that's opened my mind to things that I didn't really maybe understand because I wasn't really defining these words kind of properly. And it's given me great motivation because it's helping me see God differently. You know, some uh, children's activity books have these uh, books and, and it says, uh, what's wrong with this picture? And so I, uh, I got a picture here and uh, I want to ask you to put down in the chat what you see wrong with this picture. All right, so if you could just put something there in the chat, what's wrong with this picture? All right. What's wrong? Okay, boat has no water. The boat's on the grass. Where is the water? No water. The house is color scheme. <laughs> Fishing in the field. Yeah, I'm going to catch some worms. Uh, yellow clouds. Car has two fronts. Okay. Car has no doors. No driveway. Okay. Yes. All right. I mean, there's a lot wrong here with this picture. And, you know, what's wrong with this picture? You know, the, what the children are supposed to do is to find the things in the picture that do not belong or find things that do not make sense or are drawn incorrectly. Now, some brother said, what picture? Uh, I don't know what kind of phone you got, but amen. <laughs> uh, you know, What's wrong with this picture? Tonight, we're going to discuss God's mercy. And, you know, when you think about God's mercy, uh, as I said, again, what, what comes to mind? Well, you know, the Greek word elios is translated as mercy 25 times and twice as compassion. Elios is never translated as grace, forgiveness, or charis, which means favor. Okay, it's never translated that way. And so it's, it's really amazing to me as, as, you know, as I said, I've been doing this study and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so important sometimes to make sure you understand the definition of a word because then it gives it more meaning. Then it, it gives it more kind of umph to your understanding. So this word, Elios, it means kindness or concern 
expressed for someone in need. Now the verb tense of this word means to be greatly concerned about someone in need, have compassion slash mercy slash pity. And you know, it, it, it's, it's important because the, the verb tense of this word is, is more than just an emotion, but it's an emotion that we feel towards someone that moves us to want to offer them relief. And this is super, super important. Why? This passage in Ephesians chapter two, verse four through five, and this is the NASB version. He says, but God being rich in mercy, Elios, because of his great loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, i.e. by his grace, his charis, you have been saved. And, you know, this is an encouragement Jesus to die on the cross is so that we would not suffer eternally for our sins. His mercy or his elios moved him to show us grace by sending Jesus to offer us relief for our sins. And you know, when you stop and think about that, guys, boy, I wanna serve a God like that. God was and still is incredibly kind to us, despite where we were, despite our unworthiness despite our unfaithfulness. And you got to think it would take an incredible and amazing great love and mercy to let your one and only son die so the people who sinned against him could live. That is our God. That is who he is. That is his character. That is his mentality. That is his desire. And the thing is, sometimes we can forget, again, he's this way perfectly, not when we have our quiet times, not when we share our faith, not when we quote unquote check off those lists of things that we do, but this is who he is perfectly. He has perfect mercy. And so I want to read a passage to us here, because when we look at God and we see and understand what Paul's saying here, Jesus demonstrates what it looked like. And I want to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 through 13. Again, this is the NASB version. And I want to read this together. It says, then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, 
why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Listen to what he says. Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion or mercy, Elios, and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. See, brothers, Jesus demonstrated and taught about mercy from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his ministry. The Bible teaches that he ate meals with many tax collectors and people. I mean, come on, if you are a quote unquote a sinner, man, that means you got a reputation. <laughs> You got a reputation of whatever that sin was. And so the Pharisees see Jesus having dinner with these quote unquote kind of people. And they questioned why he did that. And Jesus in turn says to them, go and learn what this means. I desire compassion, Elios, and not sacrifice. This is one of two places in the NSB version where Elios is translated compassion. The NIV says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You see, if we were to look at this picture as we did earlier and say, hey, what's wrong with this picture? See, the Pharisees, they had it wrong, man. They were judging the people by what they saw on the outside. And Jesus was like, no, 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 you're missing the point. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And brothers, it is so easy to get caught up in seeing people from a worldly perspective. It's easy for me to look at someone and literally judge them based on how they quote unquote look. Instead, God looks at tax collectors and he looks at sinners very differently than the way that the Pharisees looked at him. And see, I want to make sure and I want to encourage us to understand that when we have God's mercy, because he says, you know, be merciful because I'm merciful, you know, there's a reason for that. Because if you aren't merciful, you won't see people the way that God sees people. And you have this kind of Pharisaic view of them. Turn to Matthew chapter 23. Because then Jesus 
again, he's constantly trying to work with the Pharisees. He's constantly trying to teach them and help them understand what this is all about. And even though they were religious, even though they did the quote unquote right things by the law, they were missing a really huge, huge part of what this was all about. Matthew 23, verse 23. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy. There's the word again, elios, and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. See, the Pharisees, brothers, had no compassion. They had no compassion for the tax collectors. They had no compassion for the sinners. They had no compassion for Jesus' disciples. You remember the story where they were hungry and they were out in the field and, you know, Jesus is like, hey, grab some of this on the Sabbath. And there they were jumping out of the field. You can't eat on the Sabbath. You can't do that. Because they were so wrapped up into the law <laughs> that they had no compassion. Think about it. If they had compassion and they understood, wow, these guys are hungry. Hey, let me, let me give you something to eat. Let, let me provide something for you. As I said, they reacted by charging the grain picking as unlawful on the Sabbath. A compassionate response would have been, hey, let me share my food with you so that they would need to eat raw grain. See, Jesus said, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. See, the Pharisees were willing to make many sacrifices, but they lacked compassion. In their hypocrisy, they were careful to tithe on the tiniest of their possessions. As he says here, the mint, the dill, the coming, but they weren't concerned about showing mercy. They weren't concerned about showing compassion. Guys, this is so important because sometimes we can, we can kind of miss the point by just focusing on right and wrong. That's right, this is wrong. That's wrong, this is right. And, and, and we can miss people. Look at Luke chapter 10. And again, Jesus is teaching us. He's constantly teaching us. Look at what he teaches here in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read this. You guys know the story, the Good Samaritan. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a very good question. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He asked the question, Jesus tells a story. Jesus says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, meaning he stayed the night with the guy, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have had. I don't know, again, that he knew this guy or not. Jesus asked the question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, brothers, what an amazing story. What, what, what is this all about? You know, this religious man who just recited the great commandment from memory. Jesus says, do this and you will live. Then Jesus told the man about a priest, about a Levite who came upon this fellow Jew who laid injured beside the road, but did nothing to help him. However, a Samaritan came along, did everything he could to help. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man? Asked Jesus. The religious man replied, the one who showed mercy, the one who showed Elios. You know, we don't know what the priest and the Levite were thinking. Perhaps they were thinking, you know what, I'm too busy. Uh, I have more important things to do. Hey, maybe they suspected that the man somehow brought this misery on himself. You know, regardless, they didn't show compassion or offer the man any relief. They didn't, he didn't, they didn't try to, to take him kind of out of that situation that he was in. We also do not know if the Samaritan knew anything at all about the injured man. But it didn't seem to matter to this man why the man happened to be on the uh, road or how he got injured. See, the presence or absence of sin in the man's life apparently did not matter either. And remarkably, it did not matter that Jews typically would not have associated with Samaritans, despite all of the potential reasons for not helping out. This man 
decided to do all that he can do to help the man. You know, guys, this is super, super convicting because each and every day, God presents us with opportunities to be merciful. We got opportunities to be merciful in our marriages with our wives. We have opportunities to be merciful with our children. Some of us have grandchildren. Some of us uh, have roommates. Some of us live by ourselves. It, we, we got maybe coworkers and friends, cousins, but every single day, you and I have an opportunity to be merciful to show compassion. And the funny thing is, it's literally, especially in this time, all around us, opportunities to think about what God did for you, to think about where he took you from, to think about how he treated you, how he relieved you of some type of suffering that you were dealing with, and gave you freedom or gave you hope, you and I have opportunities every day to show God's mercy. You know, despite all of the potential reasons for not helping the man, the Samaritan, he did more than what was expected. He even paid for a room in the inn where the man could rest and recover from his wounds. You and I can only imagine if we were that guy injured on the road and somebody came and did that for us, how grateful we would be to wake up and have our, our wounds addressed, to have a warm meal, to, to just be in a, in a in a comfortable bed. All because this Samaritan man showed compassion. What did Jesus say to the religious guy? He said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Brothers, that direction applies to us as well. If we think we are too busy doing spiritual things to show compassion, guess what? We are too focused on sacrifice. And if we find reasons to justify not showing mercy, then we've forgotten that Jesus did not come to call the righteous but sinners. And that needs to, oh, wait a minute, that's me. Jesus had compassion on those who were suffering, even those who were suffering as a result of their sin. We too must learn what Jesus meant when he said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. We learn that we must be willing to give of ourselves to show 
Elios, to show mercy, to show compassion to people who are suffering. You know, in this time, man, that could be a phone call just to say, bro, how are you doing? How is, how, how, how's, how's God working? How's, how's, what is Satan tempting you with this week or today? You know, in our life team, we started doing what we call check-ins. We got that from the CR brothers. They check in with one another. Hey, how was your day? How did Satan try to come after you? And there's a time where they talk and then they confess. And, and so we, we've been trying to do that in our life team. Twice a week, man, we're having check-ins. How's it going? You know, some people are just suffering from loneliness and isolation. I'm telling you, I am so fired up about November 21st. It is circled on my calendar because I can't wait to just see my brothers and sisters that I have not seen for almost two years. How are you doing? And then more importantly, the ones that I don't see, I want to make sure, hey, are you doing well? Are you holding and maintaining your faith? Are you trusting in the Lord? Or is Satan on your tracks attacking. Brothers, God has incredible mercy for us, and he calls us to show mercy to others. You know, the Bible says in James 2.13, for judgment will be merciless to those, to, to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy or compassion again, is an emotion we feel that moves us to do what we can to help others find relief from their troubles or suffering. Guys, mercy, simple description, the compassion to offer relief. Let's pray. Let's ask God, show us, show me who I can be merciful to. Or again, write down that person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in on this person. I want to check in on that. Why? So I can be like God has been to me. You know, I'm super excited because next week, uh, I'm going to do part two of this lesson about forgiveness. And if you kind of go back and look at the, the midweeks, there's a difference between grace, there's a difference between mercy, and there's a difference between forgiveness. And all of these characteristics is who our God is and what he does for us. And so at this time, we're going to close out with a song that we all know that's going to help us to be more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.